Jay, I have a question for you. Because every time that I'm at home and I ask Google Home, hey, Google, please, can you play Codaline? It seems like a, the band doesn't exist. And then I have to play it on my phone and then play it on the uh, Google Home. And then he say, hey, now this is Codaline playing. Like, what? It is my pronunciation of the name of a band that bad that even Google Home can recognize me? You know, I, I think the actual problem comes from making a band name up because there is no real pronunciation you know it's whatever we say it is it is actually Codaline means something not really it didn't mean anything when we chose it it was just a it was just a name that was free on all the internet things that we were trying you, you know in Latin America we have this thing like a to to make the name of a baby you will say kind of like okay what's your uh, what's your name okay Jason and my, my name is, is Sophia okay well the baby can the baby name can be like a Sojay Sojay <laughs> I like that did you That's make good. the codeline name like that no literally uh, we had a very funny conversation with our label at the time uh, they were like you need a band name at, at the time it was a terror we had a terrible like temporary name and uh, I, I won't even say it now because it's not worth I will uh, <laughs> pay so much money for that. <laughs> You'll never find it. But uh, they they said, "Oh well, like we we said, oh what about Codeline?" And they're like, "There's not there's not really many bands that start with K." And I was like, well, "There's the Kaiser Chiefs, there's the Killers, Kasabian. There's there's quite a few if you go down the list." And they're like, "Okay, fine." So we won, and we we signed up onto Instagram. That was the first one we did. We got Codeline the K-O-D-A-L-N-E, which is very important at the time, getting that on YouTube, getting it on all the, the Facebooks and all that stuff. And it just kind of stuck. It, it was kind of a temporary name for a while, just to replace the old really bad one. And uh, yeah, it stuck. And once the songs started coming out, that's when you take control of the name and that's when you make the name be your thing. So uh, apparently there are other things that are called Codeline. There's something in like World of Warcraft None of us played that. I have no, I have no idea. So I have no neither. idea. Uh, we've found out that like the last line. Oh no! What is it? It's really morbid. This is terrible. So the 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 BVVP machine in a hospital uh -huh. when it flatlines. Oh yeah, when that, you're like a dying when like someone's a someone's gone. That's yeah. that's, that's we, a code we, line. No way. Well, it can be called a code line apparently. That, that maybe that maybe have a lot of that machines in Fair City. <laughs> like, you know? Well, now, thinking like, I have been all this time good on my pronunciation of Codaline and thinking so hard that, hey, Google Home, bye-bye, baby, it's time to get an Alexa. I think it's about time. Just upgrade, upgrade, bring yourself in. But, like, Codaline, our whole start was not in Ireland. So, you know, we started in Europe. Holland was the very first place that played us on the radio and they didn't call us Codaline. Like we were Codalina for a long Codalina? time. Codalina? Codalina. Mm, okay, <laughs> so up the Dutch for Codalina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not just it's not just an Alexa problem or a Google Home problem. I think it's it's just being made up names. <laughs> Hola, yo soy Sofía and I have an accent. Yeah, I do. For so long, I was always sorry for it. Until now that I decided to embrace it. This is my podcast and I will be talking with local SIN personalities in Spanglish. So, wish me luck. Known for being the basis for the Irish indie rock band Codaline, he's a musician of many talents, but judging by the internet, it seems he's even more famous for how he proposed to his now wife. Jason Boland is my guest today, and during this episode, we talk about the creative process of a musician, what it's like to be on tour, and of course, how to propose in front of over 80,000 people when you are child and chill, just like him. This is the third episode of I Have an Accent, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So, listen up. Hey! Conmigo hoy, oh, Jason Volan. Yeah, conmigo. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, so, but you know me. It's Spanglish. How do you feel about the Spanglish? Uh, confused and worried, but uh, it, positive, <laughs> positive in other ways. You have to be positive because, you know, as I always say, Ireland, you're so lucky. Or maybe no, because, you know, Ireland got the wrong Sofia. Like, it's me here, it's another Sofia over there. So, like, I'm so sorry for that, but... We can do this, we can do this. Well, conmigo, today, 
Jason Bolan, as you already know, you already have maybe listening to the presentation of the podcast. Jason is from, uh, is the bass player from one, before I used to say, one of my favorite all-time Irish bands. No. But now I have to say my number one. My number one, and I can I can mention, like it's my number one, Codaline, and then the second one is Talos. Talos is amazing. I love oh. Talos. I'm an obsessed Oxes. I, I I went to Cork last yeah, year yeah. to see them play. <laughs> and actually, I was last year in the Colorline gig at the Olympia Theater. Yeah. Did you make a... Um, did the you DVD? make it at the from the, and I didn't know, yeah, yeah. but we're going to talk um, the, we'll about this. There. Yeah, we're going to get there. First, we're going to start for everybody listening that don't know what Codaline it is. It's an Irish uh, indie rock band, right? And it's, it's just amazing. If you haven't, haven't ever, ever, ever listened to, well, now you can go to Spotify or whatever platform that you listen to the music and then find the, mu the, the band's music because... Is 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 a kind of music that I love. I love it to sing, uh, like I love it to sing the songs like uh, an all like a screaming. You know, <laughs> hype hopes is all my favorite song. Oh, thank you. But how you guys or how did you get to Codaline? Like because back in 2012, even the band have another name. 21 demands. Yeah. Like so that. so three of the guys, so Mark, Vinny, and Steve, were in a band from when they were about 14 or 15 wow. uh, called 21 Demands. Just a few months ago. Just a few months ago. You <laughs> yeah. know, you, these days, you know, years mean nothing. D nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, they, they, were, they were going, like, so we were all in the Irish music scene. It, that's the best thing about Ireland. It's so small. You end up meeting everybody. It's like, I always see the music scene as like a, a pyramid that everyone at the bottom is starting. There's so many people, everyone when they're 15, 16, they're all in bands. Everyone does like Battle of the Bands and all those kind of things. And as you get older, the pyramid just gets a little bit sharper and less people kind of keep doing it or, you know, do it professionally or try to do it professionally. And we've just been really lucky that the whole way through, like say 2012, I was uh, a sound engineer. I had been doing like live sound and tour managing bands and kind of getting my getting my feet wet in the, the industry. I'd been working with uh, a band called Keela from like the age of 15 and they kind of trained me up. And uh, around 2012, or just before 2012 actually, mm -hmm. I think it might be like way earlier, the 21 Demands guys were on a show called Eurostar, which I, had, I was actually working as a sound engineer on. So I was producing uh, the tracks that the bands were then playing on, on the TV show. Uh, I didn't actually work with the 21 Demands guys, that that program, but I did sound for them at a couple of gigs and all those kind of things. You know, we our, our paths nearly crossed loads of times. Mm -hmm. We came very close to each other. Uh, but while I was a sound engineer, I was working with a lighting guy called D, and D Riley is he's he's a gent. He's one of the best engineers, lighting engineers in the in the world. But he said to me one day, "Oh, do you know any bass players at this band I'm working with are looking for someone?" And I was like. I've known you for years, years and years and years. <laughs> I'm a bass player. Why didn't you ask me? So he, no, he, no, no attention to detail. No attention. To, oh, yeah, you're just the guy that does sound <laughs> over there. So D organized uh, for me to go meet the guys. We did. We uh, I think we met in Pig in Pygmalion, uh, and they played me two tracks that they'd just finished an EP of, and the tracks were high hopes and all I want. And once I heard those songs. Yeah, the, there was there wasn't really any way I was leaving that room without them letting me in the band. So I literally texted them before I'd even left the room, so rang them again <laughs> in the car on the way home. You know, rang again the next day, and yeah, that Steve gave me a call the next day and was like, "Yeah, let's let's try this." So the guys then came out to my studio out in Kildare in the in the countryside, and uh, we <laughs> come on, Kildare is not the countryside. Come on, stop saying Kildare. It's is basically in the, country. the country. It's like twenty miles away. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we, we all s just sat around the piano in, in the studio and sang together for a day and that was it. It kind of felt really good and worked. So from there, uh, here we are. <laughs> in a perfect world. <laughs> in a perfect, in a perfect world. world because, you know, everything matched to everything bring you in that path yeah, and yeah. ended up in a perfect world. Yeah, yeah, so that, that took two years yeah, to, so to make it happen. Yeah, that first... So th they were still making the album when I joined. So they, they had a couple of tracks recorded for the EP and stuff like that. And then I joined, we went over to the UK and we met the producer, Steve Harris, who's this absolute genius. He's worked with like Dave Matthews Band and just huge, huge acts all through the years. And it was a really great experience for me as an engineer and producer 
in small town Ireland, you know, like to get to go to go to England, go to all these massive studios. We went to a place called Rockfield, which is where they made like Bohemian Rhapsody and wow. you know, Wonderwall was recorded there and all, all these amazing things. You were like a touching everything. Oh yeah. Like 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 you know, like an in a in a LSD something trip. <laughs> like thinking like, oh my God. Literally people yeah, chill. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but really a lot of that first year it, it just feels feels like a dream it feels like a me like doesn't feel like a memory anymore because we once we started it was just three years straight on the road just in a van together just that was it we were code line that was it that was our every day yeah but can, can we stop and, and make it more in detail into mm. there because i'm really curious about the creative process yeah, yeah, yeah. of a musician how how you um, manage the pressure and And, and and all the emotions that can flow through the through the creative the the, the process of the creativity. So mm -hmm. I mean to to get to the song to the to the to the right notes, um, because then you know when when we get the song with the audience, so it's just three minutes yeah, yeah. of an of a, of a fantastic piece uh, with a melody that you can you know you can that it gets stuck stuck on your head. So how you get to there? So how is is the composition process before to say we're ready to 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 go live? We're ready to 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 get this out. Well, it, for us, it, it really changes for every song. You know, there is no one way that this is how it works. And it, for every band I've worked with, it's, it's kind of like that. Every artist I've worked with, it, there's just different ways into it. But for us, Steve, Steve is like the main songwriter. He'll sit down at the piano, come up with lyrics and a melody that he really kind of can get behind. You know, that's really important for him. He needs to be able to believe every word and every, every note. So once he's kind of happy with that, like the lyrics may change, but once the melody is there and once there's something like a strong idea, something to get behind, usually we'll start with like the song title. Like there's a song called Ready off the second record. That's all we had. We were sat at the piano and Steve was just bashing out this you know, rock, that's rock and curious. roll rhythm. Yeah. It's curious that you start with the title and yeah, then yeah. based on the title, so you he started to compose and to write. Mm. That, that's curious because um, there are other musicians that will maybe write the lyrics and then at the end will choose the title of the song. Yeah, I, I think it's more like we find the core idea of okay. what we want the song to be about. And again, this is not a, a hard and fast rule. It changes all the time. But for something like Ready, we've we knew what the energy of the song wanted to be because we were jamming the chords. And then once the, the lyric for the, for the title came, once ready came, then it was like, oh, I'm ready. So, you, you know, you kind of work, you work it through. And really it's just throwing stuff at a wall until something sticks. Did you fight in between yeah. all that? Oh, yeah. I think that's the best part of being in a band. When you argue? The, not, not the arguing, but the fact that there are four of you. So there's, there's never really a brick wall. So you make you make kind of grouping, like yeah, I yeah. hate you and Beanie, like I hate you are with me always, and Mark and Steve, yeah, you are together, and then and then you become this competition. Or? No, it's, it's a complete it's a complete <laughs> democracy. So it's Labour against Sinn Fein against Finnafall. You know, everyone has their own bit that they're bringing into it. But there are bits like when we all agree, that's when it goes forward. And you know, it, it I I do find it quite hard for like solo artists. I can't imagine what that's like to just be. <laughs> your own person in the studio and not have anyone else to bounce off really. So I, we've been really lucky that the four of us are able to kind of support each other, you know, through, through the ups and the downs, you know. But uh, yeah, the creative process, it changes every single time. When you, every single time. When you focus like in, in right, uh, a, a production uh, and a song, you know, or, or 10 songs that can come for, you know, an EP, and how, how you guys think about it? Well, How, first, how would you decide which song will be the promotional? Mm -hmm. And and if you recognize or can recognize, hey, this song may be a hit. And and because you can say, oh no, we didn't. So we should we should have the other one as a as a as a promotional. Yeah, so yeah. how you do it? And um, there is a recipe for this. Oh, I wish there was a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> you you imagine go, going to Boots? Hey, can yeah, I? Get yeah. Can I just can I just get one top ten and then three number ones? That'd yeah. Be, that'd be Perfect, yeah. A platino one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that will be amazing. Be amazing. I will even have a, fr a, a franchise. Like, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll ask Chat GPT and it'll just give us the, the ingredients for a hit song. Imagine going to the GP Hague. <laughs> <laughs> But no, look, I wish we had a... Really, it's just feelings. So much of the creativity is just going off a of feeling. And if you really love a song, that's probably going to make it onto the album. And if all four of us love a song, 
that's probably going to be a single. You know, it's it. It really is just our feelings. But we also have a have a team around us of people that we trust. And you know, once you start showing stuff to them, then they'll maybe have one that kind of sticks out to them. And if it's the same one you were thinking about, mm-hmm. then it's like, ah, oh, yeah, that we works. Got it. We got it. But we never know what's a hit. And if it's different, if the team choose, like they say, hey, based on what is on what is on top right now, mm-hmm. um, based on on how is the audience, you know, like a behavior mm-hmm. uh, right mm-hmm. now. So we believe that this song is the one that we have to go first. Yeah, like we've been told that in the past and they've been completely wrong. You know, we, there, there was one where it was like, you have to, you have to release this song as a single. That you're stupid if you don't do it. Like you'll be on the main stage of Glastonbury and all this. And we released it, and no one liked it. So you know, you can't. But then there's other times where they got it completely right. So you know, you <laughs> and you were like, okay, they were right. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. are, you know, because sometimes the musicians are have been told like in many many times, like, hey, you are the musician, so you 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 mind the music and the lyrics and everything. So and we do the business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it is it is happening constantly. Where, where you were with a, a label with yeah, a label, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah, well, we again, that's another part of being in a band is that you're kind of expected to have a more clear vision of what the project is or what the the output is going to be. So yeah, we we were quite lucky that even when we're on like we're still on we're on Universal Records now uh, through uh, a label in America, but we've we've kind of always been on major labels and. The teams have always been really supportive. The, there's only been one or two times where we felt like, you know, we need more from them. But there, the, we've been really lucky. And I guess, I don't know what it's like for someone to start right now because we were one of the last bands to start in the pre-Spotify era. You know, mm-hmm. now you have to have hundreds of thousands of plays before they'll even look at you to start your, your career. So we, we were very lucky that we got in just when we did because... Even how the first album went, it wasn't a hit. The songs worked and people did find connection to them, but they're kind of still growing and still having their their moment. Like that's not what the labels want. The labels want a hit that's going to go on the radio and work it's straight away. Yeah. But for a band, it's much more important to have a long career and to have exactly. songs that connect with people. So we've been really lucky that we have. We've found an audience and it's it's lasted this long. <laughs> Back in 2014, mm. when the band just released In a Preferred Work. Let, let's go back to that moment, mm. uh, Jay. And and did you guys knew that you will have there like a few singles that will be like a hit, that will be playing in, in movies? Or or how, how do you remember the first time that you say, hey, you're going you're gonna to go in this little tour that include this city, this city, this city. So I want to go back there from where yeah, yeah. The, the craziness starts. So I'm trying to remember the the dates I will get completely wrong, but just when we finished... No worries that you record. don't need to say yeah, yeah. April 21. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> but, so right after we finished, finished the first record, uh, recording yeah. it, we all moved over to Birmingham. We got two apartments in Birmingham and we just moved ourselves over there and we're like, okay, we're going to do this for the year. We're going to see what happens. And it, the idea was that there's more chance of opportunities if you're in the country and in, in England and able to go down to London on the train and all this stuff. So we started doing it, but it was kind of just ticking away. And then, as I said, we, we kind of blew up in, in Europe first. So we went over to Holland to play a festival called uh, London Calling because mm-hmm. The Dutch are quite big Anglophiles. They lo- they love whatever the English music scene is doing. They want to see what the new bands are. And we got brought over and that was the first time we had a room full of people that had listened to the songs before and that sang them back to us. And I just remember being in the van after that gig, driving back across France to get the, the train into to England and hearing our song come on the radio for the very first time. And I think it was High Hopes. And it have to be high we were, hopes. We were, it was just like the the four of us sat in the back of a van with our friend Dave and Neil driving. And, you know, that was the first moment it felt real. It was like, oh, it's not just the 20 people we can see in the room singing the song back to us. This is going out to the car next to us and it's going out to the car in front of us. And wow. it was it was really magical. But I don't think we ever thought that the songs we had were going to be hits. Do you know what I mean? We mm-hmm. never thought, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely going to get us. That's mm-hmm. world famous. But we did believe in the songs. So like All I Want and High Hopes, we believed that once people heard them, they'd want to share them and they, they would find something in them for themselves. And 
we were so lucky to work with incredible directors on the first set of videos because it was at that moment where viral videos were kind of starting. It was like you could have an OK Go video, mm-hmm. have 20 million views, and then they're the biggest band in the world overnight. So we, we were really lucky that the, the videos worked. And uh, Stevie Russell, who directed them, did them for no money in Ireland and like made them just as little indie band videos. And they they hold up like you can go back and watch All I Want Now and it's still just as good. All I Want for people that is listening actually was featured in in the season nine um, um, in the Grey's Anatomy. Mm. And actually you have songs as well in Love Roses and it was High Hopes. Yeah, well, and we're on Catfish, which I think is the, the funniest one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Love Like This. It's My love new like favorite movie. Last forever. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, no, like we've been so, like some of the people that have used us in, in film and TV, like that's got us more than any radio play could ever get you. Like we were in a, a movie called The Fault in Our Stars, which had a huge moment, you know, because it was such an important story that the movie was telling. But our song was at the really pivotal moment where they're they're on a beach or on a bridge in Amsterdam. And, you know, people will just connect that moment to the song and then that song to how they were felt at that time in their life. So it kind of, you're always part of someone's life once you're in a movie. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And you will always remember the scene, but mm. talking about the movies, I have a list here of oh. some, of some film or shows where Mikola line music have been, um, have been a feature. Like, of course, um, well, uh, dancing on ice. Yeah. <laughs> We got to play on that as well. <laughs> amazing one. Google box. <laughs> I love Rosie. I love, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, the vampire diaries, the TV series. Yeah. Never seen it. Yeah, the song apparently. Ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, you were actually in Britain's Got More Talent TV series, oh. Ready. That's the same song. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't know, you now I you know. Just, yeah, you're educating me. Then. FIFA 17. In FIFA we 17, in FIFA. you were in FIFA 17. Oh. Raging. 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 Yeah, Raging. Raging. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And you were actually, of course, in 30 Reasons Why. Uh-huh. All I Want in 2018. Wow. Imagine. Yeah, All I Want. That's like... These songs are still having a life of their own. It's it's absolutely incredible. It's it's it's, it's like and it's still and it's still one mm-hmm. of the of the of, of the hits because it's still hits. Yeah, High yeah. hopes, uh, all I want. You can still going uh, walking through Grafton Street, and this is a, a good um, funny story that that I have with Jason. When we were walking, uh, taking photos, Jason and take is into photography, yeah. and then we we um, before have like a kind of group that when we call each other, hey, who is around? Who is around? Let's meet. And we were walking in Grafton Street, and this was this busker playing High Hopes. And yeah. Yeah, will yeah. never forget oh my god like yeah, how, how is that feeling like a walk on the street and see someone playing your music oh you just you just smile you know you just it's it's not oh, it's not it's really hard to describe what it's like it's like oh that fair play to them fair play to them and fair play to me <laughs> we did all right together <laughs> i knew we? this song yeah, will yeah. reach grafton yeah. street <laughs> i know we make it to grafton street yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's very fun like i i started busking on grafton street years ago years ago when I was like 12 and 13 and just wanted to do that you know and then to come back and hear someone singing your song in that position it's it's incredible I will cry and I will I will <laughs> tell the guy please play all yeah, the yeah. songs yeah, he, he made a lot of money off me that day <laughs> <laughs> hey <laughs> um, how is to um, Jay when it comes to music and when it comes to challenge mm. how is after to have you know an EP and um, a, a couple of hits um, and singles that that did um, or um, that did well you know so how is then the pressure how a band can manage the pressure to to say like oh, well now we're gonna have another EP mm. so and then how we can still creating hits so how we're gonna create another single that people will receive and then how how is all of this so what is in in a musician mind when it comes to this uh, to maintain that mm. you know uh, I, I don't know but in Spanish I will say la racha so you know like a hit over hit over hit mm, like the chain of uh, yeah. or just okay, how to it, maintain yeah. on that you know so like if if you figure it out tell me It would be great. It would be great to know. <laughs> we again, it's, we just go off off our feelings. Like when we went into the second album, we had just been in in coming ba- up in band air, mode, right? Coming up for air. Yeah, yeah. we we'd been just in band mode, 
completely since we were made the first record we hadn't really left the van you know we were still mm-hmm. just in our little bubble and we went straight into a studio from the road so we'd been writing kind of on the road and went straight into the studio made the track made the album in like two months or something i think the second one and then we uh, went, went faster over. than the first one the two now, years oh yeah the first one you have your whole life to write <laughs> that's like that's the old saying yeah. but the second one yeah we we just made it and then we went back on the road because we had more festivals to play and we had more stuff to do and i think we did that up until the third record and then after the third record we just took a break we're like no okay we have to figure out what it is that made us love doing this in the first place so we did we took a big break after the, the third record went away for a little while just were humans for mm-hmm. a bit not just guys in a band like there, there was a stage where we hadn't lived in Ireland for like five years you know we were just always away in mm-hmm. in mad countries and you know traveling <laughs> what, what, was, what was the craziest country during that period that you yeah, can say hey start. I never imagined to be here what people here do that and look like this or why are you eating that so what was that or which one that that country that you say oh my god like I, I think the craziest one at the start for us was Japan Japan yeah we got to go wow. and play a festival there called Summer Sonic and like talk about a culture shock you know it's like anywhere in the world and Japanese people is like passionate Japan. yeah yeah oh like the fans over there are absolutely amazing like yeah, and, crazy. but they'll be so silent like you'll finish the song on stage and they'll clap for 10 seconds and then just stop And you could hear a pin drop. It's um, like there's nothing like it in the world. No. But, um, I will be frightening on a stage. Oh, it's really scary because you're like, oh, did we do something? Did we offend anybody? <laughs> it's like, Guys, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, are you there? But you know, you hear, you heard them 10 seconds ago and they were like absolutely loving it. So yeah, but there's been places like that. And Korea, like South Korea has been really good to us as well. And we do really well in Indonesia, just out of nowhere. Crazy. Right? Like, so we can go and play in... Bandung in Indonesia which is up in the mountains in the middle of nowhere and we'll play this festival to like 50,000 people wow. it's absolutely incredible over there but yeah we've been very lucky like Southeast Asia all that kind of side of the world really latched on to Codeline quite early and it, it took us a while to get out there touring wise but once we did it was like wow there's the whole other world out here amazing how, how, how is life on tour oh it's Do you do you do you set a routine after all this time like oh no. or no are you going with the flow or how how it's coming? It's always with the flow. Like I, I as you said, like I'm I'm a filmmaker and a photographer as well. Like I I bring all my gear on tour. Always plan to like oh I'm gonna make a movie this time or I'm gonna edit a th- <laughs> like I edited a TV show on our last tour. I was like yeah that's gonna that's my thing. I'm gonna do every day. I'm just gonna work away. But two weeks into it, then it's like oh maybe I'll do it every second day. You know. It's, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like being to change on deadlines. It's like being on holiday <laughs> with your mates. It's it's the best job in the world. It really is. But then, you know, we've had the same crew since day one, so it's it's the same gang of people. It's like going on on it's holiday like with your best friends and family. Yeah, but like even on family holidays, you'll have moments where you want to go off on your own and you know do your own thing. Like, hey, family. Okay, I love you, but Enough. give me a second. <laughs> um, you know, um, and then it came, it came uh, politics of living. From mm. politics of living, I have a favorite song, but I'm going to make a little mention here yeah. because, um, and, and, and a little story. You know, I like to make these stories and I'm going <laughs> to, I like to talk. I like to talk. And um, I went to the gig at the Olympia Theater last year that it was amazing. It was super. You know, Codaline is a band that, that, that actually sold St. Mary's Park and mm. saw all these huge uh, venues. And then to have the band in an acoustic session at the Olympia Theater, that for me is like the most amazing venue for mm. a concert. So Very it's the, yeah. the, the most special place to see your favorite band. And listen, it's no casualty. I'm going <laughs> to say here, I saw Talos the first time they played at the Olympia. How special. Always yeah. ha- They will ha- always have that gear on, on you know, on their mind, I, I will as well. So I, I saw you guys playing last year there, how special, and then you make this DVD and the album and everything uh, from, from that concert. Or And then I brought a friend of mine, Dutch, actually. Huh? <laughs> Dutch, I, I, I brought a friend to the concert, like, you know, to a, like a, to a blind geek, yeah, because, yeah. you know, he have, he have heard about the band because I say, hey, this is my favorite band. Let's, let's see the band. It's a special, you know, a, a concert. So let's go there. And he paid attention to every song you guys play. Like, uh. 
he pays attention to kind of every lyric. And with Brother, that is actually from Politics of Living, yeah, that yeah. was in 2019 album from Codaline. And he got obsessed with the song and he is, you know, he have a brother and then make him feel like, oh, this is our song. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. wow, I love Codaline now so much. And, you know, he have put the song in, in like in, in playlists on Spotify and market and he have this now, this song with his brother. And Brother is an amazing song. It was an amazing release. Um, it was the release in 2017. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk now about politics of living. Yeah. Uh, wh in which place wha were you as a musicians, and in which place was like the band itself when yeah. the album came out? I'm trying to remember because we, so I think that was the first one where we worked with different, lots of different producers, lots of different engineers. We we traveled a lot to try and make that record. We we went to the south of France for a couple of weeks, stayed in a, a friend's house with uh, Johnny McDade and. Uh, Another Johnny, who's an incredible producer. But, and uh, another Johnny. That sounds like another podcast, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They give people, you're here, you're here. That's, no, no, let's go all now. Yeah, yeah. But we, we started with them and then um, through working with Johnny McDade, who's the keyboard player in Snow Patrol and has some incredible friends. Like he, he works on all Ed Sheeran's records and is going out with Courtney Cox. So through that, we got to spend some time in LA and hang out with just people that we never thought we would. You know, we we did a session with Harry Styles. We did all these crazy, crazy things. We played at um, played at someone's house for a charity thing with like the Dixie Chicks, and it was no. There's like the the cast from Scrubs is all just standing over what here ha life? having a having a barbecue. <laughs> You're like, what? What, what is this earth? life? <laughs> like, why are we here? But, Pinch yeah, me. Yeah, that that was all making the third record, and we kind of. I think we came back from America not not loving everything that we'd done, but like we, we definitely came back with some bits that were amazing. And then we put that together with the stuff we did in the south of France. And that album did take a while. It was like a, a, a much more of a jigsaw puzzle for us. It was like we had all the pieces. We just had to figure out how, how to it put it together. together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jay, uh, because you have said something like, oh my God, all these pinch me moments. Mm. Like you as an artist, like, because, you know, okay. I know that when it comes to bands, maybe sometimes people will recognize easier. The easy to recognize it will mm. be always the frontman. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, you guys are have the same presence on a stage. I mean, if people that is listening and have been in a show of Codaline, you see like you have the same presence, like <laughs> it's, it's the band itself. It's yeah, about yeah. the band. And um, do you have, I mean, you know, you, you are quite famous. Like people can recognize you. You are part of a really successful band that maybe a band who opened like, mm. you know, uh, the, the ways, like, mm. you know, for many others that came after. And, um, but you still have these moments when you see someone even more famous and say, oh my God, oh <laughs> my God, oh my God. Because for example, I get a stock when I see someone famous that I, that I admire. Yeah, yeah, for example, see. every time I see Bressy, I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I like a, 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 a question for Bressy. <laughs> no, literally like, I'm still a huge, we're all still huge fans of music, you know, and the, there are, there's new artists that come up all the time and we're just as excited about them as anyone else is. Like there's a guy, uh, Fred again at the moment. <gasps> Fred again, yeah, the DJ, Fred DJ, again, again. Again, again. He He's has amazing. a problem with the Instagram. <laughs> he never had the Fred again, again. <laughs> it's like a Fred again, 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 again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, he didn't get, he didn't sign up early enough. No. Hey, call the line. You, you, were, you were smart, guys. You were smart. <laughs> but like myself and my wife have gone to see him like eight times. We're what? obsessed. Like I, I love him. So like wow. there are, there's, I think we'll always be fans and I think that never goes away. Like there's times when you're in the room with someone else and you are like, oh, I shouldn't say anything. I should be really cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's hard to be cool sometimes. Do, do you know about, well, I'm going to use this part yeah, yeah. to to go to another dynamic that I always do here in the podcast. Well, I always know this is the third episode. Yeah, okay, yeah, but yeah. I, I will always do. <laughs> and you know that um, I have something, well, I me, it's not just me. A lot of people have it. It's called e Efecto Tarima. I call it a stage effect. You know that you have saying, you know, oh, you know, you see this artist and mm. you know when you go to a geek 
I can go to blind gigs. I can even don't know about the bands. Yeah. And then I see the band playing. If, if I like it, I will stay like a three days playing Obsessed. the music on Spotify, yeah, Oxes. Yeah. And then we call that Efecto Tarima, a stage effect. Okay. You know, it's like when you see a musician and then you, you see this guy. Mm. You don't know. Mm. Oh, he's a singer. Oh my God, you're so hot. You look so good. Mm. But then it's if, if a stage effect because if you see this guy walking on the street you will yeah, never you will look think the same thing exactly so, <laughs> and then we say listen you have to wait hermana you have to wait at least a couple of seconds here and then you know, a couple of days and then you will see like if you like it or not because you know <laughs> after the stage effect after wears off exactly yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like when you see all the talent of someone yeah. but taking this that um you know taking the opportunity here mm -hmm. and the and the break here that um that we have um this effect tarima explanation i'm gonna ask you um, i'm gonna tell you some phrases Ooh. in spanish yeah, but you, do you know something in spanish no habla espanol nada nada nadita nadita if you going <laughs> when you're going to play in barcelona nothing like Uh, dos cervezas, por favor. Bueno, eso está bien. Dos cervezas, yeah. por favor. <laughs> oh, um, un taxi. Un taxi, yeah, I know that one. Un taxi. Yeah. Um, hola, ¿cómo estás? Hola, obvio. No. Hola. Hola, yeah. Hi, hola. Yeah, hi. Hola, ¿cómo estás? How are you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, okay, I mean, okay, okay. okay. You know. Okay, yeah, I'm not great. Okay, you have there's a bass. Bits, there's bits you, in there, yeah. Okay, you have a little tiny bass there <laughs> with all those of the reggaeton. Have you, <laughs> have Codaline think about reggaeton? I don't think so. No. No, even like a Rosalia. No, well, like we played a, a, an amazing festival in Spain. Uh, Rosalia's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend was uh, playing. Ro, Ro Alejandro? Yeah, Alejandro. Yeah. He was playing after us and his show was incredible. He played like, after you? Yeah, yeah, he's headlining. <laughs> Those are like, crazy. Yeah, yeah, he's but, big. Um, he's big. Codaline and then Ro Alejandro, like... Like well, we're, it was like a ju yeah, different stage different stage okay yeah, okay yeah. okay but he was amazing it was like yeah like I, i grew up on reggae music and all that stuff so now the way it's been taken by south south american culture it's it's brilliant in my, in, well yeah. I, i will I, i'm here for a for a, like a kind of of call up between you know kind of like a codaline and rosalia will be nice like if we can work it out <laughs> rosalia rosalia mira 0414 <laughs> okay let's go i'm gonna start um, I choose, I always try to choose uh, phrases like that are more likely in relation with what my guests okay. do. Okay. okay. So in this case, I choose, I've chosen <laughs> mm -hmm. some like that can maybe be used on, in the music industry. Okay. Okay. So the first one, and this one is, is more likely to the musicians that I'm really starting. Okay. You know, that okay. are just, just like getting a, going. Exactly. Okay. They have all the time for that first release. <laughs> Comer cable. You can use this phrase like, um, estoy comiendo cable, or Ay, te gusta comer cable, or estoy comiendo cable. Comer cable. They've got something? No, I don't know. The, Comer cable. Comer cable. You can, you can say to your friends, no, estoy comiendo cable. Nothing? Nothing. Not idea? Okay. Comer cable is like a, when you're plenty broke. Oh, yeah. When you're broken, like a, I have no, I have no. I'm skint. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind yeah. of like a, I don't have. I haven't got a penny to rub Not together. a penny, not a penny. <laughs> it, it will be the meaning for not a penny. Okay. And but comer cable meaning like a eating cable. Ah. Do you say like a no, an eating cable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? I get that. It's not, it's not comer cable. Yeah, yeah, so when, you're, when the guys, cable. you know, on tour asking, hey, yeah, you pay the taxi here, no? I'm oh, comiendo cable. cable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I, I will die. I'm going to use that. Comer cable, comer cable. <laughs> comer cable, <laughs> buenísimo, <laughs> me encanta. Okay, another one is, espera un pelo. Espera un pelo. Espera un pelo. Espera un pelo. Un pelo. Un pelo, like a ball? Un pelo, a ball? No, like a. Espera un pelo. Is espera like searching? No, no, I don't know. I'm so bad. Espera un pelo, it will mean like a wait a second. Wait a second. Esperar is like a wait. Okay, yeah. And pelo is hair. Oh, so wait a hair. Yeah, it's like a wait for a hair. Okay, yeah. Like, no, espera un pelo. 
if, if, if Steve or some of the guys, you know, Beanie or, or Mark, sec. they say, exactly, you yeah. can say, espérate un pelo, espera un pelo, espera un pelo. Espera un pelo. Espera un pelo. Jay, it's time to go to stage. Espera un pelo. Espera un pelo. Un cerveza. Espera un pelo, una cerveza y vamos. I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay, the other one is caretabla. Eres un caretabla. 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 Tú eres un caretabla. From your gesture, I'm going to like you're too big for your boots, or you're you're like a I don't know. Like a, you think too much of yourself. No, no, no. no. I lo listen. I, I promise that po this podcast is coming in video okay. uh, after yeah. a while yeah, we, because yeah, we do need we this. we really need a video because you have to people you have to see our faces. But caretabla, caretabla is when someone is extremely shameless in everything they do. Shameless. Maybe poker okay. face because the tra the translation yeah. of caretabla is uh, is table face. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's like a poker, poker face. face. Yes, yeah. but like stage face or like just like putting on your putting on your mask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like a you know you you shameless like yeah, yeah. you're like aha uh -huh, yeah I did a uh -huh. and then you're like a Jesus you're so shameless like <laughs> what caretabla so you're I've a caretabla someone you, shameless no but you can say no but you can say this caretabla you know to some producers like yeah, hey yeah. but you're caretabla this is not where we ask to have in our backstage okay you know que caretabla eres tú vienes y que hi guys everything okay caretabla where are where are our where are our apples yeah yeah where's all my blue M&M's yeah exactly where are our mangoes from Venezuela the best kind did you ask for something special backstage oh no no we're really really basic as long as water and coffee Guinness whiskey like Jemison obviously or Jemison Jemison people hey it's, welcome it's, it's Irish stuff like we love to have like a, a bit of Irish tea I won't I won't start that argument one of the Irish teas whichever one shows up is fine the best one <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, we, if we can get real milk that's the hardest thing on tour yeah because everywhere else is like UHT you know when you live in yeah. Ireland you're so used like we literally dr drink straight from the cows here so yeah. it's a bit different yeah. everywhere else you yeah, go yeah here is the stronger yeah. the milk it's just yeah. it's good yeah in other, in other <laughs> countries it's uh, milk normal milk that I don't drink much mm. um, fully normal milk but yeah in other countries it's more like watery yeah so here it's, it's like, like fully here yeah. is real milk here is Irish real milk but yeah we're, that's all we want on <laughs> Producer, our rider exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay Another one, and I love it, is like a llegar de arrocero. Mira, estás llegando de arrocero. Llegar de arrocero. Oh, rosero. It's like arrocero. rosary. Like rosaries? No. Like, it's like something, saying a prayer? <laughs> no, no okay. really. Okay. But you know, you can say to someone, eres un arrocero. The word itself, arrocero. Arrocero. Yeah, you can say, it's hey, like arrocero. You're, like you, a flower? No, I, I don't know. No, no, idea. no idea. No idea. <laughs> no. Okay, arrocero is when someone is not invited to the party and they and they crash it. Oh, you say, crusher. "Hey, arrocero." Yeah, exactly. Oh. I mean, you, he wasn't invited, but he came, so he, arrocero. Can you have a wedding arrocero? Yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Los arroceros de la boda, <laughs> of course. But you know, you know what is funny? The translation in English of like a llegar de arrocero. This is the funniest part, oh. and it's coming as a rice farmer. A rice farmer. Yeah, because arrocero comes the rice. A rice farmer. Okay, okay. So like a rice farmer in a cornfield? Coming, coming as a rice farmer. I don't, yeah, I don't get Imagine that. like, no, it, it doesn't make any sense, that translation. <laughs> Good. Uh, Google, you again. Google, you, I mean, Google, my English is much better. Like, please, stop. But yeah, llegar de arrocero is basically it's party crush it. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Wedding yeah. crasher. Wedding crasher. But, but I mean, in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay, we're, we're, you're we're pretty bad. I'm I mean, pretty bad. I, I believe, like, for you need Duolingo. I do. A lot. I do. Like, I need Duolingo for English. No, I need, no. <laughs> no. Don't talk about that topic here because it's very sensitive in this podcast. People want to send me as a sponsor, you know, all these English academies here in Dublin. They are already saying, Sophia, after 13 years living in Dublin, blah, 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 your, your English is so bad. But it's fine. I my, just. Well, look, my granny's lived here for 60 years and she still sounds like a little old English woman. Yeah. Never changes. Never but you know changes. English. I know, but like 60 years. But you know, it's still English. <laughs> okay, um, we're going with the last one is echar un camarón. And you can use this. I promise you, 
I and promise you, you, you can use it. No, no, in a stage, don't, no eches un camarón <laughs> in a stage because I mama. No, 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 but it will be problematic There'll for be the problems. bands. Okay. But you can say the guys, guys, it's time to echar un camarón. Echar Ooh. un camarón. Jason face I've is no a point. <laughs> A Camaro, like a Camaro is a car. Um, no, no, it's a type of car. But that's It's just, a type of car, but this is Camarón. Camarón. That sounds like our sound engineer. Cam- Cameroon <laughs> from Scotland. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe it's fire, fire cami. That's what it means. Not even, not even close. <laughs> not even, come on, not even close. Okay. Echar un Camarón is like a chore naps. It's a what? Chore naps. Yeah, when, when like you're taking a nap. I'm going for a chore nap. Like a, a power nap. A power nap, exactly. Okay. Well, that's very important. Echar un camarón yeah. is a power nap. A power, like I, we take a lot of them. Yeah. But I don't think I'd be telling anybody that I'm taking them. Okay, but in I a stage you never quietly. say echar un camarón. <laughs> yeah, everyone's sleeping. Everyone is sleeping, yeah. <laughs> well, you have you have no pass, yeah, okay, not z- approved, zero their challenge. Five. Zero, yeah. but zero, zero badly. What's the, what's the what's the scoreboard looking like so far? I didn't have well, uh, Marty Guilfoyle. Th- well, you that was your competition uh, because he's done he was, yeah, exactly. But he did it amazing. <sighs> but he lived in, in in Spain for a season, so it's, he have another. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just need to go to Ibiza for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, what a problem! What a problem! <laughs> when when uh, well when well okay, it's well, Jason. Um, we come now from the politics of living to one day at a time. Mm. So what about what they at a time? Where where were the band when when the music came out? When whenever you are, you know, the, I love the video of wherever you are. Oh, so it's amazing. So I believe it's like a gift for your fans because wherever you are, like you know, any part in the world, so supporting we'll the band. there. Yeah, well, like our, the one group of fans we haven't got to see is the South American fans yet. Like we've been asked for years and years to go to Brazil, go to Venezuela. And we just haven't been able to make it work. But this year, this is that the main plan is to make South America work. So we're going to get there. Uh, but Politics of Living was really a, a departure for us in that it was just the four of us in a room again. It was, we kind of went into the album not even thinking we were making a record. We just went into our, our rehearsal room and just started making demos. And it was just like, let's see where we are, what we can do ourselves before we bring other people in. And as I said, I'm a sound engineer and producer for years, so I I sat at the desk and produced the record. And we started making these demos, and by the time we had about three of them, we had Wherever You Are, Sometimes, and uh, I think In The End. Once we had those three songs, it was like, oh, why don't we just keep going? We kind of, it feels right. So we sent those songs off to get mixed by someone, uh, someone that we hadn't met at the time, an American guy, and he sent them back, and it was like, no, it's not quite what we want. So then we found another guy in in Ireland, uh, a guy called Rory, who's worked on Ed Sheeran stuff back in the day and does the Coronas and all these kind of really cool bands. Um, we just found a way to do it ourselves. So it, we made the whole record in our, our rehearsal space out near the airport and uh, had all our own gear. It was really, really relaxed. We treated it like a, like a nine-to-five job which is the first real job I've ever had. <laughs> but yeah, we just went in every day and it was it was really enjoyable. It kind of brought the love back. So we, we just did that ourselves. And then just when we were ready to go on the road and tour it, there was this global pandemic of uh, some Hit. some note. So that happened. Um, we, were, we were just scrambling to try and do whatever we could to keep the album alive and you know, get it out there to people because for us, when you make an album, you want to go tour it. That's when the exactly. songs come alive and when you get to share them with people. So that's the one record we haven't actually got to tour yet. So we've since that done an acoustic album that was the live one that you were in the Olympia for. Yeah. And, and it was amazing. We, we, we've now done a tour for that album. So we've kind of got this poor album that got left behind in the pandemic. But it was because of the pandemic, we got to do all these cool videos, like you say that were kind of fan interactions and we did these live streams every week uh, mainly to make my life harder <laughs> where uh, I, I would record everybody separately at home and then I'd put it all together and then once I kind of got that down it was, wasn't was too hard and I was like oh, how, how can I make my life even harder mm-hmm. so then we started inviting fans to sing and to play along with us on some of the songs so yeah we have we, we did a, a Late Late Show performance of a song called Saving Grace and the orchestra is 
up on the screen and it was all fans from all over the world that wow. had sent their parts in. So there were really interesting things that came that wouldn't have happened had we not been locked at home. So yeah, yeah there was something good came of it all. I think us. that was the greatest of the pandem of the pandemic. Like mm. that brought, you know, creativity out of us, how the way that we communicate. Yeah, yeah. You know, how we can interact with each other. But I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna bring something here because you just mentioned Ed Sheeran. Mm. And if it's Jason is famous for something, <laughs> it is no likely to be the bass player of yeah. Codaline, but for how you propose to your now wife. Yeah, yeah. Because it was in a Ed Sheeran concert that Codaline was back in and it was in Crow Park with yeah. like a more than 80,000 people and I can I can say Jay it is not the kind of person that is like a hyper or like you know you look you look more and more chill Pretty shy relaxed, yeah. I mean did she ever she imagined that you will no, propose it in front of 80,000 people I think that was my secret weapon that she never <laughs> expected it um, but yeah no we we, we were very very honored to be invited by Ed to come and sing with him at his his shows. He wanted to sing All I Want, so he wanted us to come up and do it with him. We did it the first night and it was amazing, just amazing. But then the second night we brought all our friends and family with us. Just we didn't think we'd get back to Crow Park for a long time, you know. We, who knows when we will. But uh, you will on, on the second I know night, it <laughs> on, on the second night uh, I text Ed that morning and I was like oh is there any chance you can head, help me out with this little thing I've got planned and he was absolutely amazing like his team just kind of came together and made it happen and I, I didn't even tell the guys in the band until five minutes before we went on wow. stage and it was otherwise you know in Spanish yeah. we will say te lo tenías caleta did you keep the secret I kept it yeah <laughs> I don't know how I kept the secret, but it, it worked, and uh, yeah, it was it was a surreal moment. Uh, Ed, in his wisdom, decided that if I was going to do something like that, I had to sing a song first. So he made me sing a verse of uh, the old triangle just before we did it. And as a bass player, you don't usually get asked to sing songs, especially in a stadium. <laughs> so I think that was more terrifying than the actual proposal, mm -hmm. and I think that helped keep me, you know focused and yeah. not thinking about it too much so after I'd sang the song it was like oh it's happening now I don't have any time to back out My so I, inv I invited Eton up on stage and yeah the rest is history here we are the rest is yeah. all over the internet <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I was the most hated man in Ireland for about a week because the other Joe.ie <laughs> <laughs> because the other man will be like and now yeah, what yeah. I'm gonna do yeah. I don't have what a stage of it <laughs> what I'm gonna do <laughs> okay Jay we almost have to have to end oh, oh, this episode already. that has been so amazing but uh, what, what's next for Codaline yeah so we're just getting ready for album number six Which wow. is crazy. Like crazy. As any any band that starts out would never imagine that they're going this long. So yeah, we're just getting our heads together, getting some songs down and yeah, we're going to see where it leads. I'd say by the end of the year, we should have it recorded, should have a song or two out. And yeah, we're, we really just want to get back out in the road and get touring. Amazing. There are a few gigs, right? Uh, yeah, this so year. we're doing Musgrave Park in Cork yeah. in June, I think it is. Mm -hmm. That's, and I'm not sure what else is announced yet. I, that's how bad I am at yeah. the old yeah, internet yeah, yeah. thing <laughs> but yeah no, there's, there's a couple of other things coming up that are really exciting so yeah it's going to be good to get back to it well but that's an amazing excuse to send people to check your social media it's Jay Codaline on Instagram and of course Codaline how lucky they were to get the name <laughs> at the very beginning of Instagram <laughs> and well Jay thank you so much for coming um, I hope the next time I will have the whole band with me here yeah, yeah, we'll but squeeze in Yeah, we can we can switch all of our there. Yeah, yeah. Pegaditos en español. Um, thank you so much for coming. And well, I'm, and and I will keep you know an eye of of course everything that Colonel is doing. And thank you so much for for your Spanish test. Yeah. That you so have. Sorry about that. Not approved. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening. And well, nos escuchamos prontito. Bye bye.